Leprosy is the terrible disease that we more or less have under control in our times. But back then, leprosy was a very, very serious matter. It is a bacteria that infects the body and starts rotting away our extremities. It is contagious, very much so. So much that back then it was required that any man, any woman with this disease should carry a bell. And if they would see somebody along the road, they should ring the bell and cry out, impure, impure, to warn them. We see Naaman in the first reading who has this illness. He's a commander of an army and a pagan. He doesn't believe in the Jewish God. We also see in the gospel a Samaritan, not a real Jew, who also has this disease. And to both of them, both of them receive the cure. In the Bible, leprosy is not just a physical disease, but it's a disease of the soul. They believed that whatever you saw on the body was a reflection of what was going on in the soul. So, of course, if they saw impurity in the body, there's impurity in the soul. The soul itself is rotting away. I remember I had this conversation with a friend of mine. We would go out for a glass of wine and try to discuss politics and religion and theology. Fascinating conversations. And this one time he said, you know what? I don't believe in Christianity anymore. As a matter of fact, I don't believe in any form of organized religion. Okay, why do you say that? Well, I think that you and only you have the right to decide what is good and what is bad. Okay, tell me more about that. Well, yes. Christianity, Judaism, Islam, all forms of organized religion tell you what's good and what's bad. And if you don't conform to those expectations, you end up feeling bad about yourself. And nobody has the right to make you feel bad, except maybe yourself. Okay, well, let me think about it. That kept coming back to me throughout the week. Finally called him and said, you know what? The wine this time is on me. Okay, we go out, I tell him, you know what, I don't believe in the world. What do you mean you don't believe in the world? Well, the world is what makes us feel this way. The world is what tells us you're not handsome enough, you're not rich enough, you're not popular enough. The world is who tells you you're not good enough. My faith, Christianity, tells me I am valued and loved for who I am. I am a son of God, worthy of all his love for who I am, not for what I have. You only have to turn on the TV and watch a couple of commercials to see how much the world tells you you should have this and you don't. You should be this popular, this influential, and you're not. Like leprosy, we can also fall into this spiritual illness that our minds, our bodies, or our souls 
start rotting away. Why? Because the world sows, can sow this dissatisfaction to our lives, this fear of what we do not have, or fear of losing that which we do, this anxiety that keeps us glued to our phones. What is the next feedback? What is the next like, the next email? You know, it's interesting to see how the gospel ends. Stand up and go, your faith has saved you. Now, this leper was the only one that Jesus told him this. The others, the other nine, who never came back, who never were thankful to God, to Jesus Christ for the miracle, did not receive salvation. Stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. In a very concrete way, your faith expressed through your act of thanksgiving, of gratitude, of gratefulness. The Gospel acclamation says, in all circumstances, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Jesus Christ. Or the other way around, this is the will of God for you to give thanks in all circumstances. Now we could ask ourselves, could I give thanks to God for everything? For everything? I believe not. We cannot be thankful to God for suffering or pain or poverty or violence or abuse. We cannot be thankful to God for that. But we can be thankful to God in poverty, in suffering, in pain. In all circumstances, we can be thankful to God. Probably the hardest thing in thanksgiving in those times is to find a reason to be grateful to God for. There's this anecdote, a priest friend of mine, he's a teacher, he tells every now and then, and it goes like so. Perhaps the most grateful person I've ever heard of was an old woman in an extended care hospital. She had some kind of wasting disease. Her different powers were fading away over the march of months. A student of mine happened to meet her on a coincidental visit. The student kept going back, drawn by the strange force of the woman's joy. Though she could not no longer move her arms and legs, she would say, I am just happy and grateful to God that I can move my neck. When she could no longer move her neck, she would say, I'm just so glad and thankful I can hear and see. When the young student finally asked the woman what would happen if she lost her senses of hearing and sight, the gentle lady said, I'll just be so grateful that you came to visit. Gratitude, thanksgiving, is a choice. It is not a matter of circumstances. When I am full, when I am happy, when I am at the height of my light, my life, then I will be grateful. False! Gratitude, thanksgiving is a choice. It is a way of life. 
gratitude sees God alive throughout our day. Gratefulness can purify the heart. It prevents it from getting tangled up in discouragement, in sadness, withdrawal, bitterness, loneliness, dissatisfaction. And if you don't believe me, whenever you find yourself trapped in these feelings, these emotions, these thought patterns of victimhood, of loneliness, of dissatisfaction, find something to be grateful to God for in that moment. To truly, wholeheartedly be thankful to God. Gratitude shows us a spiritual amazement, a new way to see life itself. That every moment, every single moment, every breath of ours is a gift from God, a gift from our Father. Gratitude is a matter of seeing life with a new attitude, a new attitude of the heart. Pope Francis says the following words in his encyclical. We are speaking of an attitude of the heart, one which approaches life with serene attentiveness, which is capable of being fully present to someone without thinking of what comes next which accepts each moment as a gift from God to be lived to the full. Jesus taught this attitude when he invited us to contemplate the lilies of the field and the birds of the air, or when seeing the rich young man and knowing his restlessness, he looked at him with love. He was completely present to everyone and to everything. In this way, he showed us the way to overcome that unhealthy anxiety which makes us superficial, aggressive, and compulsive consumers. One expression of this attitude is when we stop and give thanks to God before and after meals. I ask all believers to return to this beautiful and meaningful custom. That moment of blessing, however brief, reminds us of our dependence on God for life. It strengthens our feeling of gratitude for the gifts of creation. It acknowledges those who by their labors provide us with these goods, and it reaffirms our solidarity with those in greatest need. Gratitude. Thanksgiving. I don't know if you've noticed how many times Jesus gives thanks to his Heavenly Father throughout the Gospels. Before consecrating the bread and the wine, he gives thanks to his Father. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for having revealed these mysteries to the simple-minded. Before miracles, he looks up and gives thanks to his Heavenly Father. Over and over again, he reiterates to us the need, the essential aspect of thanksgiving in our faith. No wonder... The very word Eucharist means thanksgiving in Greek. The Mass itself is a glorious, cosmic, divine thanksgiving dinner. And see, so easily, it seems to me, we can fall into this trap of our relationship with God just being ask and ask and ask, like the rich uncle. 
But very seldom do we come back like the gospel to Jesus and just give thanks to God for being God. To fill our heart with thanksgiving for having a Father who loves us unconditionally with strength and faith. We start the Eucharistic prayer by saying, it is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, how grateful are we throughout our day. May Mary show us to be Eucharistic souls, to be thankful, grateful souls, that she may show us to see our Heavenly Father's presence throughout our day, always and everywhere. St. Bernard used to say, It is only our ingratitude which prevents growth in our spiritual life. What are you grateful to God for right now? <laughs>